Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across Australia, New Zealand, and throughout the Asia Pacific region. Brought to you by Insurance Business. Welcome back to IB Talk. I'm Danny Wood, News Editor of Insurance Business Australia. Laura Meyer is Director of her independent brokerage, Meyer Insure, based in the Victorian town of Creswick. Last year, amongst other things, she spent time blogging about her insurance claims experience when her own home was impacted by a storm. That's how IB Talk came across Laura, and she joins us now to talk about her current challenges, including cyber protections. Welcome to IB Talk, Laura. Thanks, Danny. Lovely to be here. Great. Yeah, nice to have you on. So what's currently keeping you busy? Oh, look, it's a bit of a combination of things. Um, I'm very fortunate to have um, a couple of wonderful referring clients uh, or lots of, of clients that refer good business to me. Um, so I'm, I've got a steady stream of new excited clients to come on board, um, which is keeping me busy. I'm finding on the flip side of that, um, the biggest challenge is underwriter turnaround times. The large majority of, of the um, agencies out there are taking a long time to come back and and I'm having to let clients know that it could take, you know, up to a, a week to two weeks, depending on the risk um, to return terms in some cases, which, you know, from a couple of years back is is almost unheard of. So that's that's been a real challenge to manage those Gosh. expectations. Oh, what are the underwriters telling you? What What's the reason for that? In some cases, you don't even really get an explanation. Um, even when, when I try and call to follow up, it's a case of, look, we're backlogged, you're in the queue, <laughs> we've basically just got to wait your turn. Um, so I, I, I'm finding that, you know, relationships with key underwriters are really, really important because, or, you know, BDMs, for example, because sometimes that's the only way you can get something turned around. I'm not sure if it's just, you know, excessive backlog and staffing issues. I really don't know what it is or whether it's, you know, difficulty in placing on their end. It's it's just, it's it makes it very frustrating when you've got a bank of terms that you're waiting on for several clients and, yeah, having to send updates to clients every couple of days, just letting them know, look, I'm still waiting or whatever it might be. So it's challenging, but um, for the, the large part, I find the clients that I talk to are, are completely understanding of it. And as long as I'm sort of of, you know, letting them know from the start that there might be a little bit of a wait depending on on the particular risk. Most of the time, they're really good about it. Are particular risks taking longer than others, or is this just a general problem? It seems to be a little bit of a general problem. Um, it's uh, there's a couple of insurers that I won't name that <laughs> seem to have have the worst reputations. Um, and, you know, talking to other brokers to us, because I do keep in touch with a couple of other brokers around town nationally, um, and they all seem to be having similar problems with the same and other insurers. So, look, it's, it's certainly not, bad, you know, bagging out insurers. They've all got difficult jobs to do and they're working in difficult climates, but it does make it really tricky to, to manage all of those balls that are up in the air and to maintain, you know, service to the clients. And mm. do you, yeah, do you, do you feel like you're a, a an independent, smaller brokerage, and that's one of your strengths? But is it is that a disadvantage when you're trying to get fast turnaround times, or do you feel like it wouldn't matter if you were a massive, you know, steadfast broker? I think it has its pros and cons. Um, I think it really does come down to whether you've you've developed a relationship with an insurer. 
uh, or a particular underwriter um, and, and those are the key things because in the end I think if you've got someone that you can go to that knows you and you know uh, you get along with uh, sadly sometimes that's the the key to to get in the door and get something turned around quickly uh, obviously the quality of your submission um, that that's a no-brainer um, insurers you know rightly so aren't going to place the the same priority on a submission that comes through with with no effort or no information that um, you know versus something that's been you know carefully prepared but um I would potentially have access to um, more resources as a bigger broker, yes, but certainly being a CBN broker affords me access to lots of different areas and support persons as well that I you know, potentially wouldn't get as a larger independent brokerage. Mm. Um, I'd like to talk to you about cyber protections, but before we, before we talk about that, um, it'd be nice to recap on, on how you went with your blogging about your insurance claims experience because that happened when your, your own home was struck by a storm and that was actually before all the widespread flooding kicked yeah. off in Australia that this was in yeah. January last year yeah what was the result of your your blogging to be honest I, I ended up not having that much time to continue the blogging journey um, I did continue talking about it with clients because it's it's really informed my experience of uh, certainly of the claims experience and um, you know the importance of Little things like, you know, making sure your sums insured are adequate um, and that the, you know, the fine print in your policy, uh, for example, that you would get through a broker versus a direct market could make all the difference when it comes to a large claim. You know, we were really fortunate. Um, I, uh, I had a really great robust policy. My sums insured were adequate. And we had plenty in the kitty for, you know, additional benefits like temporary accommodation, um, you know, payments to, to, put the cats in the cattery and little things like that, which would have absolutely broken the bank if they weren't included. Um, and as it turned out, I think we were only allowed back in the house from, I think, October, start of October. So it was 10 months before the, the property was habitable again. Uh, and there are still little wow. bits and pieces that are still needing to be resolved, not so much in terms of uh, external external work, but just little bits and pieces that um Again, it's 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 probably on me having the time to sort of follow up and, and do what I need to do on my end. But it really does go to show how important a broker can be in navigating that process and helping a, a client through just being that basic intermediary between insurer, interpreting the policy and coverage and, hey, did you know you've got this benefit, um, for example, uh, and just being, you know, a shoulder to vent on. I certainly didn't have that. I couldn't vent to myself. So it was uh, it was a unique experience, um, but it's given me a lot more respect for certainly the role that assessors do. Yeah, it's been an incredible experience. Mm. So, so you, you, were your, you were your own broker for your insurance? In that yes. <laughs> I don't know a lot of brokers out there tend not to. It's, I don't think it's necessarily muddying the waters, but they tend not to um, place their own insurance. But um, And maybe I might do it differently next time. I don't know. I hadn't sort of really thought that far ahead. But it was a relief knowing that I knew exactly what to expect the whole way along. And I think thinking about some of the other people in Creswick that also suffered who are still suffering with um, with their direct insurance claims, just the benefit of, of knowing exactly what was happening at all times and what to expect and exactly what my coverage would afford me and what it wouldn't. You know, I know all of the push points, the pain points. I was incredibly fortunate to be in that position. It only just makes it so much more um surreal really to, to think of doing it without that knowledge and that experience behind me 
And, and how are your clients doing who are hit by those storms? Are they are they all okay now? I've been really, for, I say I've been fortunate, they've been fortunate. Um, I've really not had um, any exposure to, uh, I've had a couple of clients in some of the areas close by, uh, for example, around Lismore, um, but none directly impacted. So um, I've been incredibly fortunate that um, all of my clients have, have come through without any impacts. I know that there's there's a lot of brokers out there that are working day and night to manage claims uh, for their clients and, and my heart goes out to them. It must be really, really difficult to manage all of that. Mm, gosh, so you were, you were pretty unlucky really in terms of... I was. Of getting... unlucky, you know, <laughs> unlucky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what about there's been so much flooding around since that storm in January. Have you, have you in Creswick had any impacts from the, the flooding that's been going all over the place in Victoria, New South Wales, everywhere, Queensland? No, but Creswick's fortunate. Um, we had a, a, some very large floods um, about 10 years ago. As a result of that, um, there was a fair bit of work done by the council to sort of clean out the creek area, which is the, the area that floods. And despite that, so the main issue with the flooding in January was more flash flooding uh, and wind damage rather than the creek rising. So um, it was a little bit of a different circumstance, but we've had a couple of hairy moments. Um, a couple of months back, we had some the, the severe weather came across and the creek did look like it was going to breach. I think it did in a couple of little areas, but the town rallied amazingly. It really does in, in these times. Everyone knows what to do. Everyone's out there, you know, filling sandbags and um, the CFA is amazing and the community just bands together and makes sure that, you know, any of those homes that are in in the path of the creek are well protected and as far as I'm aware we've remained unscathed since that January storm um, which is really fortunate. Gosh well good, good on Creswick residents that sounds mm. like a great no, rallying. Let, let's talk a little about you because uh, I haven't actually asked you how you actually got into insurance in the first place. Mm. Um, pretty much like most other people I talked to I fell into it. Um, it seems to be the common theme when you talk to brokers and underwriters. I, I was fresh out of uni. I'd done a, a sort of a HR uh, management degree um, and was looking for work close by because I had young children at the time and I couldn't find anything in the HR field that didn't involve me traveling long distances and commuting. So I accepted a job in an insurance brokerage uh, in my local town and started from the bottom up, basically. Um, I really didn't really have a good idea of what a, uh, an insurance broker did. I obviously understood insurance to, to my limited uh, ability back then, but I started in claims and, and sort of front desk and got to know clients and understand policies and how they respond and just how important a broker's role can be. And it sort of went from there. And I've loved it ever since. It's, it's a wonderful industry. There's so much variety in, in every day that I work is completely different. Uh, and I love that. Yeah, I kind of fell into it and I've, I've hung around. It's been just over 11 years. Oh, that's well, that's great. And I guess one of the current challenges now is is definitely cyber issues. And, and as a small independent broker, how do you go about advising your customers about sort of tackling that challenge? Hmm. It's really, really important, obviously. Um, my I find my biggest role is educating as much as I can and, and really just bringing it to clients' attention. And I'm finding that, you know, all of the news that is out there on on the large cyber events and hacks on, you know, the Medibanks and the Optuses, it's already uh, in front of most clients. Most clients are aware of, 
you know, what the exposures are to some degree. So when I bring up, hey, we need to have a chat about cyber, it's generally not a, you know, they're, they're ready for it effectively. Um, so really it's more just a, a case of um, having a conversation with every client, even if it's just to get them thinking about what impact an event or an inter- interruption would look like to them and having a chat about their particular exposures. Mm, and, and how I mean, how affordable is cyber protection for a small business? I'm sure the big companies can deploy all sorts of experts and coverages and backups, And but is it something that SMEs that you're dealing with are able to, mm. to get adequately? Oh, it's, it's hit and miss. Um, yes, I think it's available and it's accessible. I don't think it's difficult to, to obtain. There's, you know, there's, you know, lengthy proposal forms and I'm always uh, making sure that insureds are filling those out um, because every insurer asks slightly different questions and it's important to get a bead on, on what their particular scenario is in terms of their current protections, et cetera. But I'm upfront with people from the start and say, look, this, this is probably going to be your biggest insurance outlay, but these are the reasons why it's important. And um, if anything, let's just get some pricing. Here's some information and you need to have a good think about whether or not it's something you want to insure or whether you take that risk. So, and that's where the education obviously comes uh, into play. It's important that they understand that there is an insurance solution out there and what would it look like if you didn't have the insurance policy in place and something happened to your business. Yeah, the pricing's an issue. It is an issue. But in the end, all you can do is is provide the information, make people aware of, of what the um, exposures are. This is one of the solutions that you can have in conjunction with, you know, um, your risk management and um, various different things with your IT companies. And, you know, you make the decision on whether or not you want to take it. You've mentioned some of the steps there already, but but are there specific steps you go through with a client when they're looking for, for cyber protection? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I always try and avoid a form if I can avoid a form. Um, the majority of my clients are, are startups and small to medium businesses, and the majority of time I can get away with, you know, obtaining the right underwriting information without sending a form. But it's really important on certain lines, obviously, um, cyber being one that um, the insurer gets all the information that they need because the pricing is, I feel, so sensitive according to risk, according to the mitigations that the client has in place, et cetera. So it is important that the insurer has all of that information and they can price it accordingly. Laura, nice to talk with you. Thanks for spending some time with IB Talk. Not a problem anytime. And Laura Meyer is director of her independent brokerage, Meyer Insure, based in the Victorian town of Creswick. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts.